With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning. Five minutes after the hour. Sorry. Thought I was ready to go. (laughs) Proved me wrong. Welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Morning Show with Preston Scott. Show 4550. Day 245 of America held hostage. September 21st. We'll take a look at that date in history in just mere moments. Oh, what a surreal world we are living in now, my friends. So... Let's begin with our verse of the day. It is 2 Corinthians 10, 4. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. What's that all about? Well, if you are a Christian, this is, let me back up for just a second. There are truths in the world that do not require your belief for the the truth to exist. For example, gravity is a great truth of our world. Certainly you get outside of our world, gravity doesn't seem to apply very much. But inside our world, Gravity is just one of those things. You can you can sit there. I remember a comedian named Pat Paulson. And Pat Paulson made a career out of running for president. He never really ran, but he did. It was part of his shtick. And he was a very dry, kind of soft-spoken guy. And I remember one day he went on, I think it was Johnny Carson. And he kind of talked like this and was very quiet. And he and he said, I'm I'm going to I'm going to demonstrate my mental strength and I'm going to walk on water, Johnny. And they had this giant plexiglass tank. That was probably eight to ten feet tall, filled with water. And he got up, they had you know steps, and he got to the side and he said he was gonna walk on water. Well, the reality of it was that as he took his first step, he went straight down in the water, and then he came up and everybody's laughing, and he said, Someone made a sound and broke my concentration. And it was a joke, and so he did it again and same thing happened and and the point though is that you don't 
you don't need to believe in gravity for its reality to be. You can stand on the edge of the the roof all you want and say, I don't believe this applies to me. And watch what happens if you step off the edge of the roof. You're going to fall because of gravity. There are certain truths, and one of them is that we face demonic strongholds. They're out there. If you believe in heaven, then by believing in heaven, you believe that there's a hell. If you believe in Jesus, you accept that there's an enemy, that there is a Satan. And what this scripture reminds us of is that we don't fight against those types of forces with the weapons of this world because they're useless. You fight them arming yourself with God's word, knowing God's truth. Trying to walk in the qualities that God has for us, taking the fruit of the spirit, which is supposed to be evident in our life. Every single one of those those different fruit, the peace, patience, kindness, etc., self-control, love, all of those, those are fruit that everybody's supposed to have. If you're lacking in any of those, then you need to work on it. You need to find out what's blocking that. But the weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. The weapons we fight with have divine power. But those only come when you're in the right place before God. So if you find yourself feeling like Pat Paulson in that tub of water, maybe it's time to accept the divine truths of God's word. Because the truth of them just simply is truth, whether you believe in it or not. But believing in it opens the door for you. Ten minutes after the hour in the morning show with Preston Scott. He's always been a white guy. Glenn Beck. Right. We got it. Licensed to talk. Nine to noon on WFLA. Twelve minutes past the hour. Oh, what a day in history. Over there in Studio 1A is Grant Allen. I'm here in Studio 1B. I am Preston Scott on September 20th, 1780. Mm-mm. 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 20th or 21st? 21st. Did I say 20th? Maybe. I don't Maybe miss. I misheard. I don't know. Proceed. Thanks. General Benedict Arnold betrayed America. Boo! Gave the British information that could allow them to capture the American fort at West Point on the Hudson. At the time, Americans regarded Arnold as a hero for his bravery in the Revolutionary War. He had fought with daring skill at Fort Ticonderoga in Quebec, Valcourt Island, Saratoga. But he grew resentful at promotions other officers received, and he hungered for money to support the lifestyle he enjoyed with his young wife, the beautiful young Peggy Shippen. Arnold began exchanging secret messages with the enemy, offering betrayal in exchange for money and high rank in the British Army. 
The night of September 21st, he sealed the traitorous deal when he met with Major John Andre, aide to the commander of all British forces in North America, and he handed him detailed information on West Point, which Arnold commanded. Arnold returned to the fort, while Andre, disguised in civilian clothes, made his way toward the British lines. Two days later, Patriot militiamen stopped Andre and were shocked to discover who he was. And he carried details about West Point in his boots, including some papers in Arnold's handwriting. Arnold was at breakfast when he received word of Andre's capture. He quickly excused himself, boarded his barge, and escaped to a British warship anchored in the Hudson, aptly named the HMS Vulture. Arnold fought for the British the rest of the Revolutionary War, leading troops that burned Richmond and New London, Connecticut. After the war, he went to England, where he died in 1801, scorned by many even there, like almost all traitors. Arnold acted not for any ideals, but for personal gain. He earned himself the most infamous name in American history. Imagine. Your name's synonymous. Because when you call someone a Benedict Arnold, you are calling them... A, a, Ju- a Judas. A tr- yeah, exactly. Yeah. A traitor. Yeah. Oh. Have you ever seen the show Turn? It was an AMC oh, production. Oh, no. And that show in its advanced seasons mm-hmm. portrayed that scene with Major John Andre and the failed exchange and then the capture and things like that. It was a pretty good depiction. Was it historically accurate? Um, For the most part? The way you described it, that's how I remember it. That's what's in the history book. I know, so I think the show followed the history. I think. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Mark Milley. <laughs> that took a turn. You Milley. What are you, a Mark Milley? That's, that's the new word for a traitor. I was going to say, yeah. 1784 Pennsylvania Packet and Daily Advertiser, the first successful American daily newspaper, begins publication in Philadelphia. That didn't last long. Monday Night Football debuts on ABC on this date in 1970. The Browns beat the Jets 31-21. And the final game played at Old Yankee Stadium. The Yankees beat Baltimore 7-3 in 2008. Still bitter about that one. Yeah, of course. All right, come back and uh, we'll up to, uh, we'll give you an update on what's going on in Georgia with the uh, investigation on the election. That and more as we get started here on the morning show with Preston Scott. WFLA at WFLAFM.com on your phone with the iHeartRadio app and on hundreds of devices like Alexa, Google Home, Xbox, and Sonos. And iHeart's radio station. Young man lost his headphones over there. I like the song. You know Skillet? No, I mean I have no. a couple, but I they have three different sizes. But no, this, this is one of theirs. No. Okay. Is this something you play on your cello? <laughs> no, actually, <laughs> that'd be cool. 
In fact, I'm sure someone's done it before. I could probably figure it out. Okay. All right. I need to, yeah, I need to clue you in on some really hip string music. Okay. Um, anyway, you play anymore? Do you do? It's been a long time since I've pulled that out, pulled the cello out and played it. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a while. I was, believe it or not, I was actually thinking about it recently. I was like, you know, I, I, I really need to get that back out and loosen up the old. What? What do you call that? Loosen the bow. up the what? The bow. Okay. So, do or you, actually do you tighten lo- the horse hairs. But anyway, yeah. Like, if you, if you haven't used that in a while, it would probably be need to rehaired. Is that be, what it's to, called? Rehairing it? Yeah. Rehair the bow and retighten it. Yeah. So that means putting a new whatever in there. Yep. Is, what's it called? What's that piece called? I know it's it's the bow, right? Right. But what's the that individual piece with the hair on there? What's that called? I once knew the name. And is that horse hair? It is. Yep. Wonder who figured that out. I don't know. Some horse wincing out there having the hair plucked off its mane. Yeah, probably. Because I mean that's some seriously long hair. It if is. If you're talking about the strings, the 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 hair that goes on a uh, cello. Yeah. I'd have to retune the cello too, which wouldn't be too difficult. But yeah, and uh, I'd, I'd probably need new strings, so I'd probably have Jeez, to. Jeez, now I, you're talking yourself completely out of it because it <laughs> sounds like it'll cost you five hundred bucks just to play the thing again. No, I doubt it. Hopefully not. But uh, um, so as you're talking through it, are you more or less inclined to play? Um, the more I talk about it, the, actually, the more inclined I am to do it. I'm just like, okay, these are the things that I just haven't paid attention to in maybe a year or two years do you remember the last time you played it yeah i was at a wedding okay about a year ago you just got invited to a wedding decided to bring your cello as a guest and you just sat there and played it huh (laughs) they asked if i would play okay okay so you played at a wedding i did look at you you might have to you might have to bring that in when when Marvin Goldstein comes in at Christmas time. We could do some uh, duets going on here. You you could bring it in and have it on, you know, have the microphone on your cello. Do you have your cello named? I mean, a lot of famous cellists name their their cello. One of my family members named it Norma. Okay. I don't I I can't remember where it came from, but it has just stuck. Norma. Old Norma. Okay. <laughs> There you go. Sorry if anyone's named Norma. <laughs> Georgia's corrupt Secretary of State. Did I say that out loud? I didn't mean to say that out loud. Raffensburger. I wasn't. I was not at all going to talk about the Secretary of State being corrupt. I. I that was. That was. That was bad on my part. I. I was just going to point out that. Um, He's got a challenge here because it appears as though he's certified in a an illegitimate election. Here's why. According to uh, the Gateway Pundit, information that they have received, uh, all absentee ballots must have legally required, must have legally required chain of custody documentation, which means records of who handled the ballots and when. If the documentation is not there or present, the ballots are illegitimate. Now, back in December, it was reported that there are 460,000 
such ballots that do not have a chain of custody documentation. By May, the number was still over 350,000. Then on top of that, in June, one in four absentee ballots in Fulton County was without a chain of custody. That's enough to, I mean, Biden allegedly was handed Georgia by 12,000 votes. And you have right now better than maybe 370,000 votes that are in question. Then there's a report that DeKalb County was without 43,000 absentee ballots. And so now it's going to be very interesting to see because uh, judges are actively looking into evidence and listening to arguments in Georgia. So we've got Georgia and Arizona now back in the news. So we'll keep an eye on what's going on. 27 minutes after the hour, two really important stories next in the press box on the morning show with Preston Scott. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Everything you need, truth and entertainment. The Morning Show with Preston Scott on News Radio 100.7 WFLA. Thirty-five minutes past the hour. Shout out to listeners in Winter Springs, Florida, Seminole County. Thanks so much for finding us and uh, being out there. We appreciate it very much. Hope we're good. We're good and polite buddies to you. As you uh, go about your morning, heading off to work, taking the kids to school, whatever the routine may be, thanks for including us. We appreciate it. We, we do not sit quietly in the seat next to you. You know that. I mean, we, we are the chatty ones in the carpool. That's okay. It takes the pressure off of you. You can sip the coffee, kind of gather yourself and organize your thoughts. You don't have to carry on the conversation and bear the burden of trying to be clever or witty, you leave that to us. And we carry that conversation right along. Now, now this morning is one of those mornings. The big story in the press box just sort of demands a little deeper dig here. First story is just a simple date. December 1st. Arguments on the Mississippi law banning most abortions after 15 weeks. It's a big case. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see if we're allowed to listen to the audio still of the arguments. Um, 
which could shape a lot of guessing on what the justices may do. Mississippi's law is not the same as Texas, but it's a step in the right direction. And so uh, that's just something that the Supreme Court did announce that arguments would take place at the beginning of December. But this, the big story in the press box, recognizing that I oftentimes in this section of the program choose things that I think you should know about. The Evangelical Lutheran Church in America has decided to install its first openly transgendered bishop. Now, I may need a little help from my younger post-millennial producer here to sort this out. (laughs) Okay, I'll try. The ELCA installed a transgendered bishop, Reverend Megan Rohrer. Okay. Yep, I saw the story. Familiar with it, yeah. Identifies as a lesbian, previously now identifies as non-binary and prefers to go by they, them pronouns. All right, so hang on here. Is this a dude or not? I have no idea. That's I was hoping to figure out because... You know, transgender would suggest this is a guy. But he did this person, did the article say that they previously identified it's, as a lesbian? It says who, who has identified as a lesbian now reportedly identifies as non-binary and prefers to go by they, them pronouns. Now, I, I just I'm just trying to get some clarity here. As I understand the whole transgender thing, a transgendered woman is a dude, and a transgendered guy guy is a gal. The, yeah, that's kind of how I understand it too. Yeah. Okay. What threw me here is you've got a transgendered person who's identifying as a lesbian, which suggests. He's back to square one and swinging from the right side of the batter's box. This is just one long way to say straight. Right? <laughs> I, I, but Or wants to dress up as a, as a gal, but be a guy. It, look, I'm, I'm not trying to be funny here. I'm literally trying to get my arms around this story. And I spent last yesterday afternoon and evening pondering this. But here's the bottom line. This is not Christianity. And so if you are a member of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, you are no longer part of a Christian denomination or Christian church in any way, shape, or form. This is not Christianity. It doesn't, it doesn't accept this. And I'll explain that just a tad bit further. I don't want to, you know, go beyond that. But it is important for the times we are in right now. 40 minutes past the hour. It's the morning show with Preston Scott. He does this without caffeine. The morning show with Preston Scott on News Radio 100.7 WFLA. Now, more than at any time in my lifetime, you have to guard against really bad theology, bad teaching, bad preaching. 
You've got to guard against biblical translations that are heretic and are just totally wrong, misleading. Understand this. It is not Jesus' job to conform to you and how you want to see things. God doesn't change the Bible to make it more palatable to you and me. Um, We are to conform to it. You don't have to. That's your choice. But to be a Christian, is there's a requirement. There, There are things expected of you. You don't get there by good works or anything like that. It's by grace, and that grace should hopefully spur you to doing good things and helping and and being a blessing to other people and thinking beyond yourself to others first. And the list goes on and on. But it's important to when you see this type of thing to understand this is codifying sin in the pulpit, and you can't do that any more than you could when it was Jimmy Swaggart or James Baker, or any of the other evangelists, ministers, preachers, Christian representatives that are living sinful lives openly and transparently and expecting to remain in their position. You, you cannot do that. It's not that Christian faith takes a, you know, Christian faith takes a dim view of sin, period. Sin, sin. Sins have different consequences based on the sins that someone commits and how they handle it. But ongoing, it's like you wouldn't put an abusive husband in the pulpit. You take them out of the pulpit. You don't take a pedophile and put them in the pulpit. You you don't take people that are robbers and thieves and put them it those are sins you don't you don't do that and so you you try to restore people and you hope that people can get past their challenges and and change their life and walk uprightly and not perfect no one's perfect but that's this isn't about perfection this is about just saying yeah i get it but i'm going to keep doing this and you're just going to have to accept that no that's not how God's word works. Anyway, it, it's just, it's remarkably important that we understand that. All right, I've got three categories in this show, three different segments in the show with the same heading. No, period, way, period. Here's the headline. Can't make this up. Seattle attorney candidate wins primary and vows to abolish office. What? Yep. Nicole Thomas Kennedy won the primary for city attorney, ousting a three-term incumbent who rarely prosecutes crime. She now faces a moderate Republican lawyer, Ann Davison. But Thomas Kennedy believes that um, the office of city attorney should be eliminated because she doesn't think that people should be prosecuted for crimes for the most part. Yeah, um, when a mob attacked a couple of young tourists, she defended that. Those are those are crimes of desperation. They, they shouldn't be prosecuted for that. Oh, my gosh. Prosecutors' ethically, ethical duties to seek justice, but there's no justice in prosecuting people for crimes of survival and poverty. <laughs> the insanity. Seattle, ladies and gentlemen. 
just added to the number of reasons why you should never, ever go to Seattle. It's a dangerous city. Homeless people steal things from anywhere they can get them, and if they, if you try to get them back, they beat you up. That's another story that happened in Seattle. 46 minutes after the hour. Back with more on The Morning Show with Preston Scott. News first. The Morning Show with Preston Scott on News Radio 100.7 WFLA. All right, I'm going to make a statement here, and I want you to play a part. The part you're playing in this little skit is you are an illegal backup. You're an immigrant. You have worked your way in and through Mexico. You are at our southern border, and you are hoping to become a U.S. illegal immigrant. Okay? I am Alejandro Mayorkas. I am the head of the Homeland Security Division of the United States government. If you come to the United States illegally, you will be returned. Your journey will not succeed, and you will be endangering your life and your family's lives. This administration is committed to developing safe, orderly, and humane pathways for immigration. This is not the way to do it. You're in the crowd. You're hearing those words. What's your reaction? <laughs> he kidding. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> oh, come on, everybody. Let's go. <laughs> Don't you just laugh at that? Yeah, it's a joke. What? Why should anyone believe anything Mayorkas says or anyone from the Biden administration when it comes to immigration? But the chutzpah to say those words after the 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 year we've had already since Joe Biden's taken office. Where's AOC? I thought she was angry about kids in cages. Uh, she's she's wearing designer dresses. Oh, oh, that's right. I mean, your journey will not succeed? Hey, amigo, it already has, man. (laughs) Like, my journey succeeded, and my cousins have succeeded, and my nephews have succeeded, and man, we're doing great, man. (laughs) What do you mean it won't succeed, man? Come on, man. You're such a getter. Really? I mean, what, what, what planet is he on? Then we apparently came across some Haitians at the border. Yeah, because that makes sense. Well, I mean, if you're how trying did, to get in the country, why wouldn't you come to the southern border? Well, how many steps did Haitians have to take to get to Mexico first? Hey, you do what you have to do, right? But how? But we we took their passports. 
We put them on a plane. They are they were in like Central or South America. They weren't even in Haiti. They'd already gotten out of Haiti for months, if not years. They're hoping to get into the U.S. We don't even take them back to their country where they they have some. We put them into Haiti. We flew them back to Haiti and didn't tell them. All of a sudden, they're landing and going, wait a minute, where are, what? We're, huh? They had their passports taken and not handed back to them until they were on the plane and flying. They, they didn't even know they were being taken back to Haiti. That's kind of funny. It's, it's, I mean, why them? Why suddenly them? It just, it's so, it's so random. And Mayorkas is out there saying it's not going to succeed. And I just have this vision of hundreds of people crossing into the country as he's saying, that's not going to succeed. Okay. Bye. They wander in. FAMU President Larry Robinson set to join us next on The Morning Show with Preston Scott. show with Preston Scott. I happen to be Preston. Great to be with you this morning. Grant Allen over there in Studio 1A. I am here in Studio 1B, sequestered yet again. And it's show 4550 of the radio program. Great to be with you this morning. And I'm pleased to have back with us the president of Florida A&M University, the one, the only, President Larry Robinson. Dr. Robinson, how are you, sir? I'm doing great, Preston. How are you? My pleasure to be with you this morning. If I got any better, there'd be two of me. <laughs> <laughs> you must be feeling pretty good right now. The U.S. News and World Report rankings came out, and Florida A&M has found itself in pretty lofty places. Tell us. Well, Preston, we are really um, um, pleased that we rose 13 uh, spots in the overall ranking of NASA public institutions from 117 to 104. Uh, we set a goal um, just this year, really, to um, break into the top 100 in that category. And um, as, um, as you can see, we're making progress in that direction. Uh, but it isn't sort of the, the spotlight on, on the number or the ranking. It's the underlying uh, metrics that we um, we feel most important, and that is, you know, student success outcomes, alumni giving, and, and things that we do to support our faculty and class size, compensation, and so forth. Those are the things we're going to continue to work on, Preston, and if it happens that we uh, rise in the rankings, we'll take that, right? Uh, but we're really excited about it. But then also, in addition to that category in the rankings, we, we also rose seven spots in terms of social mobility. We rose from 20th in the nation to 13th in the nation, which is an indication of how uh, 
efficiently our students move through the university to graduation who happen to be Pell recipients. And as you know, we have the highest percentage of Pell recipients at FAMU in the State University System of Florida. And to make us to see us rise in that category is really, really special to me because that tells me that we're still having an impact um, on families who might be first generation and the FAMU families whose average household income is um, less than $50,000 a year. So we're really proud of that too. How do you keep the momentum going? I mean, obviously, the rankings are great, but as you said, it's the work behind the scenes. It's the underlying efforts that really w- it matters most. And, and if you get the recognition, that's terrific. But now moving forward to, to keep that happening, what are the keys to that? Well, I think we have to um, continue to have people understand in our mission and our vision, right, and, and how important it is that uh, the work that we do. Um, you know, there's so many young people in this state and around the nation who um, still first generation, first time going to college. And if you can just find some satisfaction in seeing those young people go into the world and make a difference, you know, that, that might be enough in and of itself, but it takes a lot more. As you know, we have to worry about things like the facilities that we provide, not just for our students, but for our faculty and staff, you know, things that we do to properly compensate them, which is part of our strategy now, trying to do more in that category. But I think, by and large, um, our faculty and staff are bought into, you know, our vision, our mission, and understand, uh, as I said recently, and see the promise in every single student out there. And then, of course, for me, Preston, we, we recognize that there's so many issues we haven't fixed yet, right? <laughs> <laughs> and if we don't get somebody better prepared than we were, uh, you know, we just can't leave the world like it is. And so we're working on, you know, the future. And I think that inspires so many of us each and every day. FAMU President Larry Robinson with me this morning on The Morning Show with Preston Scott. Dr. Robinson, stand by. Quick check for weather and traffic. Be right back as we talk with the man leading Florida A&M University here on The Morning Show with Preston Scott. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause, and MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. 
Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Morning Joe with Preston Scott. Yeah, baby. <laughs> On News Radio 100.7, WFLA. He is the president of Florida Agricultural and Mechanical University, affectionately known as FAMU, Dr. Larry Robinson with me this morning. Dr. Robinson, if you don't mind, what would be on the top of that sticky note or whiteboard list with your staff of things that you still feel strongly need to be worked on and improved? Yeah, so our primary goal, uh, we, we have a strategic plan that identifies six strategies. And at the top of that list is, uh, you know, an exceptional, you know, student experience and, and basically student success outcomes. So we, we have to always focus on that. That's the primary reason that we're here, bringing students into the university, getting them trained in areas of um, high need and demand, and putting them out into the world, uh, either directly into the workforce or to post baccalaureate you know, graduate and professional schools. So that's that's number one, making sure that our students um, get the experience that they need to go out into the world and make a difference. We're going to always have that um, at the top of the list. But then at the same time, there are other problems in the world that our faculty and students alike can address through um, through research. So we need to make sure that, that uh, we have them at the table uh, so that their ideas and perspectives on problems occurring you know, in our society, things such as COVID-19, uh, that, that they're there providing input into those solutions as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I just want to take a second and credit you and your staff and uh, the faculty, the students, uh, I, I might have mentioned the last time we visited, my wife and I went out for the quick testing one day and and just how you have handled that need inside our community in providing COVID testing. Um, it was nothing short of remarkable to me how you were able to help so many people in our community, but not just effectively, but efficiently. That was a sight to behold. Yeah, Preston, it amazes me that since we started that community-based testing site in partnership with Don Health Clinic, the state of Florida, Department of Health, Emergency Management, and so many more, we are approaching 480,000 tests administered at that site. Can you, can you believe that? Um, it's just amazing to me that we've been able to provide that service to the community. But in February of this year, February the 25th, um, specifically, we actually opened, uh, in collaboration with the state again, uh, COVID-19 vaccination site. And currently, we offer all three vaccines right on our campus, and we're approaching 18,000 people uh, vaccinated at that site. So we really have to maintain a role in, in terms of being a service to our students and faculty and staff, but also to our community. And I think this COVID-19 testing and vaccination site, they have, have been perfect examples of how we plan to continue doing that, having an impact on our community as well. President of FAMU, Dr. Larry Robinson, with me this morning on The Morning Show. You mentioned opportunities for students Take just a moment here and talk about that $30 million grant from the National Oceanic Atmospheric Administration. Yeah, so um, the irony is, is that about a week before I was asked to come back and serve as interim president in 2016, we had competed 
successfully for the Center for Coastal Marine Ecosystems. At that time, it was a $15 million five-year award with Samuel to lead and five partner institutions. And the amazing thing about this award is that although students are trained in marine you know, related science and do research on with our faculty and NOAA collaborators, you know, 50% of those funds have to go directly to students of it, right? And that's that's really important to me because it makes sure, you know, we have our focus on the right thing. We were allowed to, as a result of having uh, passed a very rigorous review in our fourth year, we were allowed to... Um, seek a five-year uh, non-competitive extension um, of this award with one major difference. The uh, amount of the award went from $15.5 million over five years to 30. And once again, uh, President, we still have that same commitment to providing support to our students, educating them and training them and getting them the appropriate research experience with 50% of our funds to our students. And furthermore, our primary focus in terms of students is on students from underrepresented uh, communities uh, around the six institutions and the communities that they serve from Florida all the way to California. Dr. Robinson, stand by. We're going to pick up there, keep talking with the FAMU president, Dr. Larry Robinson, on The Morning Show with Preston Scott. On your phone with the iHeartRadio app and on hundreds of devices like Alexa, Google Home, Xbox, and Sonos. And free. And iHeart's radio station. No matter where you are listening to us, whether you are in the Big Bend, the Panhandle, Central South Florida, or any of the 40-plus states across the country that hear us on iHeartRadio, thank you for making time for us this morning. That works out well for FAMU President Dr. Larry Robinson. Florida A&M University named highest-ranked public HBCU for the third year in a row. Dr. Robinson joins me for a third segment on the program. Yeah, you're 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 speaking FAMU now to uh, people across the country, Dr. Robinson. Um, and to that end, one of the things that people here locally would notice if they have been on campus or even around campus is the improvements on campus, whether it's giving it a facelift in certain areas or new construction that's going on. One of the areas that's getting a facelift is Bragg Memorial Stadium. How are the renovations coming? Yeah, so um, first of all, let me once again thank Blueprint and really the citizens of Leon County and Tallahassee for providing and approving the $10 million for the what we call the renaissance of Bragg. Uh, Memorial Stadium. So due to the timing of the um, approval, we we had to break the project into two pieces. The first phase uh, has been completed, and that is the sort of the visitor side for the east side of the stadium. We've finished that part. We've had our first game, our first home game in it a couple of weeks, weeks ago, and everything went well. We will now get focus our attention on phase two, which is the um, sort of the press box side, uh, Preston and, and the home side of the stadium, and that will start uh, at the end of the um, of the fall home football season. So our team is gearing up 
uh, for that part of the project as we speak. As a member, a longtime member of the media and someone who used to work in local sports, I just want to extend a hearty thank you for... <laughs> For working on the press box, uh, that is that is a long anticipated improvement, there, sir. Thank you. We know that, <laughs> and we're still accepting donations too. So. <laughs> hey, tell me about the decision to become a member of the Southwestern Athletic Conference, the SWAC. Fam, you had long been a member of the MEAC. Uh, the decision to move to the other conference, what were the primary drivers for that, Dr. Robinson? Right. So, so Preston, as you know, we've been working extremely hard over the last few years to, to balance our athletic program budget. And we've been uh, successful in bringing it, it, it into a balance uh, for the last for the three last three consecutive years, I, I believe. And... So, so one of the most significant expenses once you get through with paying coaches and athletic and athletes scholarships and so forth is travel. And uh, in the MEAC, we had quite a number of teams that were far enough away that you really had to consider flying. You know, we had teams in Maryland and Delaware and Virginia and, and so forth. When you switch to the SWAC, you know, we we really don't have but maybe two teams outside of maybe three outside of a a, a reasonable driving radius. And so, so that cuts down the cost of travel significantly. It also provides more time for students to be students, right? And so they're not spending as much time, you know, traveling and so forth. The, the other part of it, though, is that these are both very rich um uh, conferences in terms of their traditions, but uh, we, there's a huge set of rivalries in the uh, SWAC that we look forward to renewing. Uh, you know, just to give an example, our our greatest attendance of a home game in 2019 before the pandemic was when we played Southern University out of Baton Rouge. We played them here in Tallahassee. We had more people at that game than we did at our homecoming, right? Now, both were sellouts. There were more people around, you know, the stadium and outside on Paris Street at homecoming, but in terms of people who paid to come into the game, uh, it, it was um, due to the large number of folks who travel, you know, with Southern University. It's going to be similar to Alabama and m Alabama State, Kremlin, when they come here for, for homecoming. So we're really, really excited about about the renewal of some of those um, those rivalries and the convenience, not only on our team to travel, but also on our fans as well. And you know, FAMU fans, you know, they they really travel, but it's a lot easier going, you know, to Montgomery uh, than than it is to, to Norfolk, Virginia. Although we have fans there at every game. <laughs> Yeah, it's a little easier on the uh, on the gasoline budget, no doubt about it. Dr. Robinson, thank you so much for being generous with your time this morning. It's always a delight to catch up and visit with you, and thank you for being on the program today. Thank you for having me, and you have a wonderful day. And I'd like to see you in the press box, okay, when it's done. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to ha- make that happen, sir. Thank you again. Dr. Larry Robinson with me this morning. 27 minutes past the hour, time for news. 
Morning Show with Preston Scott. My name's Joe Biden. I'm a Democratic candidate for the United States Senate. I am the Senate. On News Radio 100.7 WFLA. Don't know if you're following uh, Glenn Beck program and the stories of getting people out. Announced yesterday, got the entire Afghanistan women's uh, national soccer team out and their families. With the help of uh, one of the international leagues and amazingly, the new leader of Pakistan played a role in helping. I... Are, so are they flying in and out of Kabul? I don't know where they're getting them out of, but they're having to... I mean, these are girls that have already been picked and selected as brides. So uh, so if they're not flying out of Kabul, it might, a, be a some re- it might be a remote airstrip they're taking them to. I don't sure. know. Smuggled I, I don't somewhere. Know. Yeah, and they're, they're having to get them in like small little groups and then they... But I mean, apparently they had them out a few days ago. Wow. And then they announce it when it's safe for them to, to do that. They had them in safe houses. Um, but, man, just... So if you if you donated to the Nazarene Fund, well done. You know, that that that's where that's what you're doing. You're rescuing people because the U.S. government's not helping. State Department, in fact, turned them down, getting these, these women out. And so uh, Glenn wrote a personal letter to the prime minister, president of Pakistan, and, and and allegedly he's a guy trying to make a change, and he did, because Pakistan has been like Taliban HQ. I mean, they sure. were hiding bin Laden. Right. But um, anyway, uh, yeah, he played a huge role in getting them out of the country. So well done there. Big story in the press box. Christian leaders are slamming a Lutheran denomination, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. And and to any of you that are out there, we need to be careful. Um, you know, there are so many splintered denominations of, like, the Lutherans. There's this Lutheran denomination and that Lutheran denomination, just like Methodists and Baptists. And, I mean, yeah, There's a spectrum for each group. Christian spectrum disorder. <laughs> I mean, you just, you want to scream. Uh, If you are a member of the Evangelical Lutheran Church of America, in America, you are no longer a member of a Christian denomination. I'll just say it that way. This is a new religion. And that's, if you want to be part of that, that's cool. That's your thing. Uh, they uh, They have gone ahead and installed a transgendered bishop. I mean, I don't even know what to say to that. It's it's patently ludicrous. I, we sat and talked last hour. What is what is that? I mean, in this case, the Reverend Megan Rohr, who identified, I'm I'm reading the news, who is identified as a lesbian now reportedly identifies as non-binary and prefers to go by they, them pronouns. So this is a guy transgendered as a girl 
who identified as a lesbian, which meant he was a guy who was with women who I guess at that point is straight, but identifying as a, I, my head hurts. My, my brain is, is, is hurting right now. Just trying to think about that. Huh? It's, but that doesn't matter. I'm not trying to make fun. It's just, I mean, it's, it is what it is. And what it is is sinful. And they're installing that in the pulpit, and that's their right to do. But it's not a Christian church anymore or denomination. I don't know if it has been for a while. I I do know that you are going to have to be making those distinctions moving forward. And again, I've said it for years. You can believe when you die, your soul goes to a garage in Buffalo if you want, but you can't identify as a Christian. It's a very defined thing. It's defined in the Bible. Anyway, it just makes my heart heavy and, and sad. When we come back, no period way, period, part two. Five minutes and he'll give you something to talk about. The Morning Show with Preston Scott on News Radio 100.7 WFLA. Tuesday on the radio program, Manly Minute, just a little bit away. I'm going to remember to do it this week, forgot last week. Sorry. Got some horrifying sound for you to hear next hour from teachers. Just cringeworthy stuff. We had to dump that bump. That edit there is just so brutally bad. It's way off. It's so brutally bad. I'll make a note. Um, Supreme Court sets the date for Dobbs versus Jackson women's health, which centers on a Mississippi law banning most abortions after 15 weeks. That that set of arguments will take place December 1st. Can you imagine the pressure? You got about an hour to make your case. That's it. You better come with the big stuff. I... Uh, now, I this is to me it's a no-brainer, but the Mississippi law does not provide exceptions for cases of rape or incest, and only allows abortion after 15 weeks in cases of health emergencies or fetal abnormalities. So they will hear oral arguments for the first time in person since the pandemic shut down face-to-face proceedings. So that's set for uh, for December the first. All right. I've got three different stories, and they're progressively worse. Oh, boy. Last hour, the no way story was the winner of a primary race in Seattle for city attorney or district attorney or something like that, and she wants to abolish the office she's going to try to win. She doesn't want to prosecute criminals. No, I'm not making that up. She didn't want to. She thinks that criminals, that that people that cause crimes because they're poor, or are in desperate situations, shouldn't be prosecuted. And just okay. Now we 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 take it up a level. This no way story. 
New studies suggest that cows can be toilet trained. <laughs> New research suggests that cows can learn to use makeshift bathrooms. <laughs> Researchers put the cows in a small bathroom, including a separate latrine style toilet for 45 minutes at a time, rewarded them with food when they used the toilet for urinating. <laughs> Cows were also showered with water from a sprinkler when they did not. They didn't follow instructions correctly in the toilet. Yeah, so they hosed them when they didn't follow the right protocols. Uh, Eleven of the sixteen cows learned to use the toilet, nicknamed the Mulu. <laughs> this is in the current paper. Uh, uh, this is current uh, biology is the publication where this is. This research is shared. They also learned to open the gate to the toilet by pushing it with their heads. Researchers are hoping that the cow toilet can be used to, wait for it, decrease ammonia emissions at farms where cows are allowed to move freely by concentrating their excrement and capturing it for treatment. Ammonia emissions can cause acid rain and excessive levels of nutrients which caused problems for forests and aquatic ecosystems, according to the European Environment Agency. So, I was waiting for the environmental spin. Absolutely. Here's the headline. Cows can be toilet trained. A new study suggests <laughs> this has implications for the environment and animal welfare. <laughs> we care more about making sure cows can go to the bathroom correctly than children in the womb. I got nothing. That's why I had the category. No way. When we come back, Colorado officials warn of inflated COVID death statistics. Hmm. Where have we heard that before? Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Sensei of sensibility. The morning show with Preston Scott on News Radio 100.7 WFLA. All righty, on the blog page, you must see and hear the whistleblower that uh, James O'Keefe has. 
she works for the Department of Health and Human Services. She's a federal employee at a federal hospital recording doctors behind the scenes frustrated. Federal employees. And she talks very openly. She's probably going to lose her job. She's just over it. She is over it. And I think you need to hear what she has to say. Now, there's a great likelihood that YouTube will take it down. So I posted as well a backup of the same clip from Rumble. Good. So we've got you covered. Uh, There's three videos there. One, the YouTube clip from Project Veritas. Two, James O'Keefe getting notified by Facebook and Instagram that that it's coming down. They're not allowing it. Third clip, Rumble. That will be there. That'll be faithfully there. So you can just go to that one if you like. But... um. Colorado officials, multiple public officials in Colorado are warning that the state's official COVID-19 death count is skewed due to the practice of conflating patients who have died directly due to the disease with those who have merely tested positive for it prior to death. They're just now getting around to this. And that's the thing that really frustrates me. Um... You know, I still get the occasional email from someone that disagrees with me, and that's fine. You know, that's – I don't have any problem with that. But it's a fact. Like, our our officials and state, county departments of health have not been clarifying who has died of COVID alone and who has died of comorbidities and COVID accentuated those. With. Correct. Well, maybe it accentuated it. Certainly, certainly in some cases, absolutely. Yeah. I'm not trying to diminish the severity, but I'm just pointing out that that severity exists with the flu every year. People die of pneumonia that comes as a result of flu. It's just, I'm just going to keep circling back. Dr. Ngozi Nzike, she's the head of the Illinois Department of Health, answered the question, how are you determining deaths? And here was her answer. I just want to be clear in terms of the definition of people dying of COVID. So the case definition is is very simplistic. It means at the time of death, it was a COVID positive diagnosis. So that means that if you were in hospice and had already been given, you know, a few weeks to live, and then you also were found to have COVID, that would be counted as a COVID death. It means that if... Um, Technically, if even if you died of a clear alternate cause, but you had COVID at the same time, it's still listed as a COVID death. So um, everyone who's listed as a COVID death doesn't mean that that was the cause of the death, but they had COVID at the time of death. I hope that's helpful. Time for a Manly Minute. Remember, male by birth, man by choice. These are skills, values, virtues to teach your son to be a man. And this is big. Teach your son how to be a good date. Seriously. Teach him what it means to be a gentleman. Teach him what it means to just 
yeah, let's just move in different directions here and let's just kind of head another way. If you teach him to be a gentleman, one day you can look him in the eye and say, Now you're mortal. We've got uh, news coming up next. Next hour, circumventing state laws to teach CRT anyway. You'll hear from people doing it. with Preston Scott. No chance of a lemonade stand moment in the next couple segments of the program. Don't know that you can make lemonade out of these lemons. Welcome to the uh, show. If you're just joining us, Grant Allen over there in Studio 1A. I'm here in Studio 1B. I'm Preston. And um, this is an interesting story. Um, First, you're going to hear from Petra Lang. She is a secondary educator at a predominantly white high school in a suburban district while also being an adjunct professor at Simpson College in Indianola, Iowa. And so she's uh, part of an online forum titled Unban Anti-Racism Education in Iowa. Listen to what she had to say. I said, but we also need to take a look at HF802. And I literally put the law in front of them, gave them access to it with a link. And I said, and I need to just let you know, there are now concepts that it is illegal for me to teach you about, according to the state of Iowa. And we went through, um, they used to be called defined concept or divisive concepts. Now they're called defined concepts in our law. Um, So I went through those 10 defined concepts with them um, so that they could see what the law was. And they immediately, by the time I think we were on the second or third one, they're like, but is it illegal for me to ask questions? Can I? And I was like, there, you, this is only for me. You can ask as many questions as you like. And then I took him to the part of the law that said, um, this law doesn't prohibit me from answering questions. I said, so if there's any question that you have about these defined concepts, you can ask them and then I can answer them. <laughs> so I said, so let's just take another minute. What questions do you have that you want me to build this course around and take some time to answer? Let's just pause there for a second and consider the wondry of this. There's a state law that says you can't teach critical race theory. So what this teacher's doing is she's saying to the lawmakers and the parents and those that are concerned about the fraudulent curriculum, that's okay. Class, according to state law, I believe what she referred to as HF802, HF802. I am not allowed to talk with you about critical race theory. Can't do it. Cannot do it. But if you want to ask any questions, you go right ahead. And by law, I am absolutely allowed to answer those questions. So here's what I'm going to do. This curriculum is going to be based strictly on questions that you ask me And then I'll answer them. That's how she's going to get around it. She's going to do it anyway. Let's let her finish up here. 
And the questions after going through HF802 were so much more pointed. Like one of them straight up was a sticky note that says, is the United States systemically racist? And I was like, well, that would be a fascinating conversation that now we can have because you've asked. Um, so I think, and this might be an extraordinary silver lining, the fact that this law in itself represents how, um, I actually have a hard time grasping how a concept can be illegal in my mind, but um, how this law itself can represent um, systemic oppression and that it becomes an illustration for my students. And I don't necessarily even have to say it because they can see it. There you go. So they get to ask the question and she gets to offer her opinion. No, no curriculum and teach her opinion. And she is smiling from ear to ear at her get around. Now, to me, that's a fireable offense. She should be fired and removed from the classroom. She should not be allowed to use public education dollars to spew her opinion as curriculum. Sorry. But this is how illiberals indoctrinate children, kids, students, young people. They replace facts, which historians agree CRT is lacking, and they insert opinion in place. And the young, nubile minds of the young people are too unaware to know any different. Back with yet another example, next on The Morning Show. than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive. It's the morning show with Preston Scott on WFLA. Eleven minutes past the hour. The point of these two segments is to remind you of the importance of being in your kids' educational business. Thinking back, did you have teachers? that would insert their opinion and state it as opinion saying now this is just my opinion this is not what the curriculum says or did they ever try to slide it in there or did you face anything so overtly remarkable as what we're seeing described here um or hearing described here i had some with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Teachers that were as overt as like that lady in the video now she back when i was in school we weren't talking about systemic racism so it's not really the same thing um but it's yeah i i did have teachers that outright said that's crazy or this is good or this is optimal or whatever the policy or current event may be they outright said it those were few but they were incredibly vocal and everyone knew it here is someone else in that same 
um, forum, a BLM activist, Lisa, she, her, they put their personal pronouns on the uh, on on the Chiron. I thought you were. I thought that was her last name. Nope, she, her, and uh, she, her. BLM <laughs> at Schools Iowa is the organization. BLM at Schools, horrifying thought in and of itself. Um, that that Marxist organization should find its way into schools. Anyway, check this out. One of the things that we are also involved with is this national campaign um, to honor not only George Floyd's birthday that day, but to use that day as a day of civil disobedience Mm. and calling for educators across the state and just across the country to engage in this civil disobedience in order to provide students with a safe space to learn, whether it's, you know, in the ped mall or at a community center or virtually. Right. Mm -hmm. It is a day that we'll be able to virtually and figuratively come together in order to say, here's the content that I want my students to know. And I'm going to teach it this day. Um, I also think that there are some educators, especially in K-12 environments, who, you know, could be empowered to think about how does this law violate their civil rights? And so she's advocating a walkout. On the 14th of October and and again in case you're new to the radio program the death of George Floyd is tragic as uh, as is the death of anybody we don't want to see anybody die unnecessarily prematurely and so forth but rest assured George Floyd is not somebody to have a statue built for someone to be honored remembered by family and friends Honored? No. No, no, no. No. What happened to him was wrong. It was maybe avoidable in the sense that his death might have been avoidable. There are dueling autopsies that suggest that maybe it wasn't avoidable. The guy was juiced up on so much nonsense that he might not have survived whatever was going on. But the actions of the police officers certainly weren't warranted for the duration in which they took place. And so there's certainly some culpability that's been found there. But there's a big difference in saying, now, he shouldn't have died. That was wrong what happened. And honoring somebody that was a criminal and a reprobate other than that moment. So that's where we are now. And so we now have teachers in Iowa taking up that case. And again, it's so important to remember that Black Lives Matter is built on the lie of Michael Brown. It's a complete and total fabrication. It's a lie. And, you know, I just, I can't get away from that. All right, we come back. Gabby Petito case. I can't even think about being the dad. Actually, I can think about it. I have thought about it. But... Yeah, stay with me next. UFLA on your phone with the iHeartRadio app and on hundreds of devices like Alexa, Google Home, Xbox, and Sonos. Dude, yes! And iHeart's radio station. Wearing a little green. 
green and gold, feeling a bit better, though I wore my green and gold last Monday after the shameful defeat at the hands of the New Orleans Saints. Uh, proudly wearing green and gold today after the win at home against Detroit. A little better performance. Blog page, a blog you must see and hear, federal health care worker whistleblower. You decide what you do with what you hear. That's at WFLAFM.com slash Preston. Or just click anywhere on the homepage that has my face. Just put the mouse right on the middle of my forehead and go right there. Click. And you will be spirited to the blog page. I want you to listen to this. And a lot of people are really, really critical. I... I I'm, I cut the I cut the call short the the nine one one call here because I was annoyed listening to the nine one one dispatcher because I thought he was kind of being a jerk. I just there was something in the way he conducted this, and you'll get the gist of it early on. I just I didn't like it. Um, someone is calling nine one one, and they're seeing what turns out to have been. Gabby Petito and her boyfriend Brian Laundry. Grant County Sheriff's Office. Were you able to get a description of the investigation? Hi, can you hear me, sir? Yeah, I can hear you. Hi, uh, I'm calling. I'm right on the corner of Main Street by Moonflower, and we're driving by, and I'd like to report a domestic dispute in Florida with a white van, Florida license plate, white land, gentleman, five six beard. They just drove off. They're going down Main Street. They made a uh, a right onto Main Street from Moonflower. And what were they doing? Cooperative, but um, what do you say? What were they doing? Uh, we drove by and the gentleman was slapping the girl. He was slapping her. Yes, and then we stopped. They ran up and down the sidewalk. He proceeded to hit her, hopped in the car, and they drove off. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm stopping it there. What do you first? Not, what do you not believe him? Well, I just it just. He was annoying to me. Anyway, whatever. Uh, This really contradicts what police heard from them. The dash cam video apparently happens after this. And that's the last video that we have that we know of where Gabby Petito is alive. So, first of all, was this information relayed to officers accurately? It might have, it might not have. I don't know. What I know is, if armed with that information, and if you know anything about domestic abuse, I personally think you look at that young lady very differently. If you listen to her, she sounds as though she's making excuses for what happened. She's blaming herself for being OCD and so forth. What's interesting about that is psychologists will tell you, if you're OCD, you're, you're not violent. OCD people have never shown a proclivity for violence, ever. That's not their thing. They're OCD. They're not violent. And so it sounds as though she is really a victim of repeated domestic uh, abuse 
and is making excuses for what happened, what went wrong. But I'll tell you what, if I'm dad, this is, you hear about your daughter getting hit? And inside of you, there is a thermonuclear bomb going off. And I would imagine you have to work so very hard to not immediately, when you find out that young man has come home and you didn't get a call saying, Gabby's not with me, or even when the drive started, hey, Gabby's not with me, I don't know where she is. I am going over to that home. I'm grabbing that boy out the window. And I'm waiting for police to show up. I'm just, I can't imagine what that family is going through. Now, I'm not saying I don't feel badly for Brian Laundry's mom and dad. They didn't ask for this. I'm suspicious of how they've handled it. But that's where I leave it right now, because I don't know. What I do know is... Ladies, young ladies, never, ever allow a young man to put a hand on you in anger. Ever. If it happens once, see ya. You need to leave that relationship immediately. 27 minutes after the hour, it's the morning show with Preston Scott. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Better known as Mr. Know-It-All. The Morning Show with Preston Scott. News Radio 100.7 WFLA. Boy, that's an interesting definition of working. That the vaccines are working. I just think it's interesting. Two to three times the number of cases than we had a year ago when we had zero vaccines and they're working with three quarters of the country vaccinated. How is that working? I'm I'm serious. Am I missing something here? You've got a college degree. Come on. (laughs) Educate me. Uh. Am I missing something? Seriously. Don't let me be old man bully here. I'm trying to think of what the rationale is or what. I'm at a loss like you are. Is it working? How is the vaccine working? The, okay, so here's the response that I think just about everyone would say. Okay. That the vaccine... <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. That the vaccine um, would simply limit the effects of COVID once you get it again. Or get it a first time. 
get it a first time, get it a second time, get the next ver- whatever, that it will not be as severe. That's that I believe that if I understand it correctly, that's the argument that they make. Now we have experts saying it won't protect against the next variant and it's really not protecting against this one which is why people are getting it. That's 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 the problem because and, and it's not actually a vaccine anymore because a vaccine provides you with antibodies that create an immunity to whatever's out there and that's not happening cuz people are still getting sick with the virus. Right. Even though they've been doubly vaccinated and whatever. What would you say? I don't remember. I don't even. I don't know. I'm I'm at a loss. U.S. Supreme Court going to hear the Mississippi abortion case that somewhat challenges Roe v. Wade. Um, they will hear it December the 1st. Unlike Texas, which is six weeks, Mississippi is 15. So in Mississippi, they give you 15 weeks to deal with whatever issues may come your way. I, I'm sympathetic to the arguments on the – first – I. Six weeks seems like it makes a lot of sense to me, heartbeat. Even though I, you know, Rush used to say, if if life does not begin at conception, when does it begin? And so Texas has taken the position, heartbeat. If we accept that as a definition, okay, then that gives you six weeks. Where I get sympathetic and I feel badly, and I'm sorry, I sound like our guest yesterday, <clears throat> um, is incest. Now, the cases of pregnancy for rape and incest are infinitesimally low. The trauma involved in both, because in incest, it's generally a rape. I mean, that's exactly what you're really dealing with there. Um, but in the, the difference, the distinction is that incest, though it is a crime, there's a degree of control usually that takes place there that does not exist in most other situations and makes it more difficult for there to be a reporting of it in a timely manner. With rape, you've got six weeks to deal with it in Texas. Um, a horrible shameful crime committed against women it's just but the supreme court's going to take it on december the first so there you go that is uh one of the two big stories in the press box the other the evangelical lutheran church in america installing the first openly transgendered bishop and so i have just pointed out that that means that that denomination at least now for certain is no longer a christian denomination they've created their own religion and that's their right to do just keep that in mind 40 minutes past the hour we come back wait till you hear the no way story part three that i've saved for this segment of the show the morning show with preston scott and i live in a van down by the river on news radio 100.7 wfla okay no way this story's so bad 
so incredible. I had to verify it. Came from the New York Post, but I had to, I had to verify it beyond that, and I did. Published in the medical journal Urology Case Reports. That ought to give you an indication of where, literally, we're going here. <laughs> now, let me say on the on the at the beginning here. Um, I'm going to be as diplomatic as I possibly can be, anatomically speaking. Okay? But moms and dads with children listening with you, just be prepared to do some splaining. I would love to say this is a useful illustration on what not to do. But that is so beyond obvious. So here's the story. Unnamed 15-year-old boy, and the reason why he is unnamed will be very, very clear in mere moments. Decided he wanted to measure himself. Not this story. Oh, no. Not this one. And by measuring himself, we're talking about his, his... anatomical feature that distinguishes him immediately as a man. Bigot. As a male. Huh? Bigot. (laughs) I'm sorry, I had to throw that in there. (laughs) And so, as opposed to using a tape measure, a ruler, for reasons I cannot ever explain to you, and I doubt he can either, he used a USB cable. Now, he did not hold the USB cable and kind of get an eyeball measurement of things. He inserted the USB cable into his urethra. Now, I'm just going to pause for a moment here as every male listening to the program squirms in his seat and adjusts himself (laughs) just a little bit at the unease of what I'm about to describe. He decided that he was going to measure by continuing to insert the USB cable for as far as it would go. Jeez Louise. And so he created in essence a usb catheter (laughs) despite attempts to extract it himself the usb cord became tangled so terribly that um it was it was left hanging out lord have mercy now grant is visibly uncomfortable right now i'm squirming I see pools of perspiration forming on his upper lip. <laughs> he asked to speak to doctors after he began to urinate blood. Gee, I wonder why. And he wanted to speak to doctors without his mom present, and then he confessed to what happened. They made an incision between his genitalia and his anus to uh extricate the usb cable they pulled the spooled end which had gathered in his scrotum oh my gosh 
and then cut it free before getting the remaining bits literally one small portion at a time. Don't think he's alone because the same journal records that a man was left struggling to urinate after getting six kidney beans lodged in his urethra Oh, when he did some experimenting. <laughs> what is wrong with people? No way. But yes, it's true. It's the morning show with Preston Scott. here from Ray. Not just Grant is uncomfortable, the entirety of the morning show with Preston Scott Nation is uncomfortable. <laughs> Glad I'm not alone. I saw that story over the weekend, and when when you started, I was like, oh, no. No, 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 no. no. Oh, yeah, I heard you. <laughs> it was very evident that you knew exactly where we were going. My wife started reading me the story, and I just looked at her over the weekend. I said, I want to know no more. Just stop. The sheer physics of the thing is is mind-boggling. I mean, how do you, I, when you look at the configuration of a USB cable, how do you I do mean, it? Yeah. The, anyway. Now, that that was an absolute 100% true story. Okay? These are not <laughs> These are courtesy of the Babylon Bee. FBI rally in D.C. ends without incident. The Federal Bureau of Investigation disappointed by the low attendance <laughs> at the D.C. rally they organized for Trump supporters. <laughs> General Milley re-releasing a revised version of The Art of War. <laughs> and the Babylon Bee has exclusive excerpts. One of them if you think you may attack an enemy, pick up the phone and give them a heads up. It's only fair. <laughs> Nuggets of wisdom from Millie. Yeah, you know, there you go. We we earlier in the program we celebrated that today's the day that Benedict Arnold gave up secrets on uh West Point on the Hudson River. I think it's appropriate we remember uh, an, another traitor. Uh, General Mark Milley. White House, we must continue admitting unvaccinated immigrants to replace all of the workers who got fired for being unvaccinated. <laughs> Joe Biden, the vaccine won't protect you, but get it or lose your job. And also the vaccinated can spread the virus, but this is all the fault of the unvaccinated. Wait, what was I saying again? <laughs> After learning Texas Republicans are just like the Taliban, Biden immediately surrenders to them. <laughs> Follows the last story of uh, like last week, all, yeah. the, all the rednecks that, that uh, dressed up as the Taliban for free guns. And then finally, thousands come to worship at miraculous mask stain that looks just like Fauci. Brought to you by Barino Heating and Air. It's the morning show, 180.
on WFLA. Look back at the program in 180 seconds or less. By the way, I feel a, a segment, a skit coming from the morning show players, a reenactment of a scene from The Godfather featuring Anthony Fauci as the Don. What kind of vaccine can I do for you on this day of my daughter's wedding? I mean, I just, I can hear Don Corleone, but now as Fauci. If you remember that I did this favor for you, what will you do for me? Unless you don't. I mean, I, I, I don't know where it'll lead. We talked to Dr. Larry Robinson, president of Florida A&M University, for a few segments. Lutheran denomination, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, has decided to install the first openly transgendered bishop. Well, there's something to be proud of. Supreme Court setting a date to hear the Mississippi abortion case and uh, Mississippi abortion law. That's going to happen on December the 1st. Georgia, chain of custody documentation on the ballots getting interesting. And uh, tomorrow we got the mayors coming back on the program. Till then, have a great day. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.